All right, we're back. Welcome to the High Button Podcast. My name is Justin Belanger. Thank you very much for joining us. Today is Wednesday, June 12th. We are in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Another beautiful day out there weather-wise. Sports are coming to an end, at least basketball and hockey. Uh, the series right now, Raptors-Golden State. Raptors are up 3-2. Game 6, back in Golden State tomorrow, I believe. KD is out. and You know, there's a lot of people complaining about how, you know, the... Toronto fans cheered when KD got hurt. You got to understand, though, your first reaction when something like that happens is to cheer. You know, if, if you're a Toronto fan and you see that, you're thinking first reaction, wow, okay, their best player's out. You're thinking in the back of your mind, yes, that's a great thing. Don't think for a second that you're not that guy that's a little bit happy. Yeah, it sucks that he's injured. He's a face that basketball needs right now. He's one of the best players in the world. And as soon as he was injured, yeah, there was a little bit of cheering because you're a little bit relieved that their best player is out. That's human nature. Um, and then after that, people realized that they were wrong or people realized that they shouldn't have been cheering. And then they gave him a standing ovation. It was a classic Canadian response. I shouldn't even say it was a Canadian response. It was a, it was a human nature response to be a little happy when the best player on the other team is out, especially if it's the NBA finals where the Toronto Raptors haven't made that, you know, caliber of basketball in 25 years. Never. The, the whole the whole organization is riding on that particular game or that particular series. So, you know, the people that are upset about that, you know, people get upset about everything. So just who cares? It happens. Move on. Um, people saying the Canadians are classless. Like, what are you talking about? Every joke that's made about us is that we are the most classiest people, the most polite people, the the most, you know, we'll hold the door for you people. We'll say thank you, thank you, thank you, 10 times type of people. So don't don't talk about that. Your emotions are high too when you're talking about anyways, I'm getting I'm getting I didn't I don't want to talk about this anymore. But nonetheless, let it go. It's fine. KD, we wish him the best in his recovery. Uh and yeah, Canadians classy people, don't worry about it. Uh Boston St. Louis game 7 tonight. I personally think that Boston is going to pull this one out. I think, uh, you know, the Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak line, they haven't been clicking that well this series. I do think that this is going to be the game where they come together and they step up. Big players shine in big moments, and those three players uh, are probably the three best players that work together. They're the best line in hockey. I don't think a lot of people would argue uh, in that state. Um, I think St. Louis's goalie, uh, speaking of St. Louis's goalie, we have a St. Louis Blues goalie coming on today, actually. Fitzpatrick. I'll get to that in a second. But I think, um, I, ju- I, don't know, I don't know. I just feel like St. Louis is going to crumble under the pressure. It's tough to go into the TD Garden Game, se- game 7 Stanley Cup Finals and and pull out a win. I don't. Eh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I just think uh, you know Binnington. He's played well. You know he's played well. Man, I just I don't even know how to. I don't know. Maybe maybe he will rise to the occasion. When I think of Murray and Pittsburgh, he rose to the occasion. Won two Stanley Cups. He was young. Binnington's only 25 years old. Maybe I don't know. Some teams play better on the road. Bennington could rise to the occasion, but I just think that that line, I just have a feeling that Marchand, uh, Bergeron, and Pasternak are going to have that night. I think tonight's the night where they just, they come together as a line and and dominate. I could be wrong, but I'm not wrong. I know I'm right. Uh, 
Okay, today on the podcast we have. I'm actually very. This is it's a it's a relevant podcast to have at this in particular time due to the fact that St. Louis is in the Stanley Cup Finals, and our guest today was drafted by St. Louis in 2016. So it's kind of it's kind of fitting for us. Um, Evan Fitzpatrick won the Memorial Cup in 2018 with uh, T10 in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. He also played with Dobson as well. Uh, like I said, he was drafted by St. Louis. He has spent time in the organization this year. He was back and forth uh, from the AHL and the East Coast, and he's been around the organization, so it's going to be cool. Hopefully, he has some stories about uh, what goes on inside that locker room, how close of a team they are, and, you know, sorry, I'm just talking too much here. Uh and yeah, in, uh, in telling us some stories about, about his career and where he is now, he's a young guy. He has a bright future in front of him. Uh, obviously, St. Louis has a, has, a, has a great history with goalies. Uh, Brodeur is still, I'm pretty sure Brodeur is the goalie development coach in St. Louis. I'm pretty sure. So hopefully Evan has a good relationship with Brodeur. Uh, and it's going to be a great podcast. Hi, Button. Playoffs are here. I hope you enjoy this. Here we go. Hi, Button. Here we go. All right, boys, we're going. Evan, thanks for coming to the show, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Takes the gum out last second. Media <laughs> train guy right here. <laughs> so how are you? Summer, first week. Life's good. Good weather. So yeah. far. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, I've been home for what now? About two weeks, and it's it's been uh, it's been nice, you know, kind of chilled for a little bit, hung out with a few of my friends, my, my hockey friends, my non-hockey friends, just getting back to it, and then, uh, you know, hit the gym. So I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying it. Did you go anywhere? You're a couple weeks off? Uh, no, I was thinking about it, but, um, you know, where my season finished so late again that if I would have went down South, it would have been, uh, probably be a lobster right now. So yeah, that's I'm, fair. Oh yeah. You're a pale guy like me. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. what kind of sunscreen are you using? 50, 34, 60, 60, yeah, 60 65. That's on the thick. Day. Yeah. That's real thick. You got to rub that in for oh, a good 10 minutes. <laughs> I know nothing about sunscreens. You don't wear sunscreen. Look at me. Uh, you're white though. You got to must be nice. I'm dark. Yeah. Whatever. Naturally. Um, so the Memorial nice. Cup just happened. You were a Memorial Cup champion. Did you have any like flashbacks, I guess, from watching it on TV? Any any memories that came back? I guess talk about that experience because we just experienced it for the first time and we had a great time with it. Yeah, you know, I uh, I uh, actually bought Memorial Cup tickets oh, thinking I might be home for it. You know, you don't really know. And yeah. then um, unfortunately, or fortunately, I was still in playoffs. So uh, I didn't actually get to take any games in. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was kind of, I was living through, uh, you know, high in them. Uh, Dobson was on my team last year and then uh, Aslin and Moran and Halifax so um, I was talking to them fairly often about it you know a couple of them reached out to me before and it, it was pretty cool um, you know I'm happy to see you know Dobson win again and then same with Hynum so it's it's special and um, you know just watching the the lead-up video I remember going to the game uh, the final game the championship in uh, Regina yeah and uh, actually Dobby pulled it out the the video they make before every finals and it you know it's something that gives me chills and and, you know, just seeing, you know, a little clip of us in there is special. So, um, you know, brought back a lot of memories. What do you think the key was for you guys winning that year? Obviously, everyone always says depth, depth, depth. I think that's how Ruan won this year. If you ask me, mm-hmm. I think uh, Guelph was the best team, most skilled at least. But I think Ruan had the most, most depth and they were the most consistent. What do you think was the key to, to your guys' victory when you guys won that year? Um, definitely depth. But, uh, you know, going into it, no one really expected us to do well. Um, you know, Same with Ruan. Exactly. Yeah, that's you, you awesome. win, yeah. We win the league, and then we're kind of, you know, we're the underdogs going into it. Um, you know, everyone said, you know, Swift Current had a really good team, and, and uh, you know, Hamilton was extremely good. Um, that should beat us in the round robin. But, um, 
you know, we uh, we just we had a goal to win the first game. Uh, we won the first game, so then the pressure was off. You know, we didn't have to worry yeah. about getting kicked out early. Got to win the first one. Exactly. And yeah. then we won the second game. It was a wild game. It was like 8-6. <laughs> and uh, we lost a third 3-2, I think. To yeah. Hamilton? Yeah, to Hamilton. But we had a five on. We ended. We had to lose by one goal or tie or win, obviously, to go to the finals for the bye. Oh, yeah, the one scoring those, system. Yeah, 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 scenarios. yeah. So, yeah. so we're down 3-2 with a minute left. They take a penalty. And, uh, you know, I say in the net so we don't have to, you know, we don't give up the empty net goal. <laughs> and uh yeah you know a lot of people were questioning that and then you know we had a couple of days off going into the finals um and from there you know we kind of just you know one game anything can happen uh regina was a good team you know playing the host you know the fans aren't gonna be on your side um but you know we we came out we played well and um it was a great game it was yeah it was, was fun it, to watch yeah. it was it was special you know we controlled the whole game we had the puck the whole time it was it was uh it was pretty cool that's sick yeah yeah, yeah. I want to touch on you said about being the underdog going into the tournament. Uh, I think that's what you said into the tournament. Um, it seems as though for the last few years, or maybe just forever, that the Q is always kind of the underdog. I guess it's almost like they, nobody gives them a chance. Yet they keep producing. How and many I, years in a row is it now? Oh, man, they've been in the final for yeah, a while two, now. Two, and then Ruan was in the final a couple of years back, and Moose has won in, in twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah, there's something to say there. The Sea Dogs won a few times. It's it's crazy, you know. I mean, we're always you know not really the favorite going into it, and um, you know, I think the thing that benefits the Q is a lot of times it's a lot of um, uh, like smaller cities, smaller towns who mm -hmm. are who are winning, and you know the guys are forced to hang out with each other. So I know when I was in Sherbrooke, Sherbrooke's a bigger city, and you know, I didn't see a lot of a lot of people. A lot, you know, and I've yeah. seen. You know, you have your little crew, and that's about it. But when I was in Bathurst, you know, you're forced to do something, or else you're gonna go crazy. Yeah. So uh, you know, we'd all go to a movie. The whole team would show up. We go out to dinner. The whole team would show up. Um, you know, we had a great group of of uh, Maritimers and and Quebec uh, players who just clicked. You know, we we all got each other. There was no separation in the dressing room. So um, when you're just forced to be together, it's it's uh you know something good's going to happen out of it that's the theme every time yeah. every time someone that comes over here that's won on a national scale or just any championship in general it's just team we're a team yeah so in sherbrooke is it because everyone's so spread out all over the place or is yeah it just you know when i was in when i was in sherbrooke personally i was living 20 minutes away from the rink and you know 20 minutes from a lot of the guys and everyone's right. in every which direction so um so it's tough yeah it's tougher you know when you're in bathers yeah there's nothing to do everyone's it's, right there yeah, it's a great summer summer town in the winter you know there's hockey exactly it's hockey and that's mm -hmm. about it you can't really go outside it's freezing you know you can't go to, there's not a mall there's there's not much so. it's not a mall no nah, it's you got to order every clothes online exactly or yeah Jeez. yeah it's tough i can't order jeans or pants or anything online i got to try them on that must have been tough for you oh i mean hockey <laughs> legs too you got to try them on exactly you know i got i got lucky but uh you know just um I've had my sizes for a long time in the same build since I was about 14. So <laughs> is that good or bad? You got to, you're, you're growing or you're the same size. I don't know. I don't know. What 14? are you like? Six, four, six, five, six, three, six, six three, three. Yeah. on skate, six, five. Yeah. On skates a little bit bigger. So, um, crazy. I've always, well, I've always wanted to know this. I've never been drafted to the NHL, never drafted in general. And the level, you know, when you're drafted to St. Louis, second overall, pressure comes with that. And when you're on a national scale like the Memorial Cup, I'm sure that there's a lot of people in your ear, whether I, this is just me thinking out loud. You know, maybe Martin Broder is giving you a call saying you played great last game. Here's what you need to do. Maybe it's your goalie coach saying you need to do this differently. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe, it, you know, there's tons of people that are telling you what to do. 
how do you deal with that on that level, knowing that your future could very well be playing for the St. Louis Blues and you obviously want to obtain that goal? Do you ever think about stuff like that? Or I know the common answer is, no, I just play my game and things like that. But how do you deal with all that outside pressure, especially at a scale like a national scale like the Mem Cup? Yeah, you know, we I have um, I had a great – or I still have a great support group. Um, between St. Louis when Marty was there, um, you know, I got a lot of good tips from him. And then with the goalie development guy, um, Dave Rogalski, yeah. he gives me a lot of, a lot of good information. Um, you know, he's really in depth. He really loves his job. He's a goalie guru pretty much. Um, same with Dave Alexander, the goalie coach there. So, you know, every time St. Louis gives me something, that's something you want to try to do every day in practice every other day. Um, you know, you really want to focus on it and, um, you know, not all of it might work for you. Yeah. So you got to take a little bits and pieces that do work and put it together. And then, you know, with my goalie coaches here, you know, I worked with Brad McCharles for a long time. I worked with uh, Dave Kenny based out of Moncton and, uh, you know, a little bit with Jack Hardigan. They all have different philosophies, but everything comes together if you take just a little bit out of each person. And then and develop it into exactly, your own Exactly, put it into your own thing, game. Yeah. And then, you know, I watch, a, I used to, or I used to watch, a, watch a lot of video. And, um, you know, lately I've been watching a lot of NHL, you know, a lot of Bennington, a lot of Huso, or I'm um, sorry, a lot of uh, Tuka Rask and... Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, with the playoffs here in, in the Stanley Cup Finals and, and a lot of Bobrovsky and just seeing how they play and how, how different they all are, but how they, they manage to stop the puck. And, you know, it's just um, it's just trying to learn every day from, from whatever you can. It's an interesting thing how he says, like, the you say, like, the video aspect of it. Back, th- Let's think of it like Crosby's generation when he came into the NHL. He didn't have YouTube. He didn't have anything. Like, TSN, like, YouTube was just coming around, all that stuff. But, like, when you say you can watch any goalie anywhere in the world at any time and practice their, whatever you said, skill sets, that's a huge difference from 10 years ago. Just 10 years ago, guys didn't have video to go back to. Maybe they had game footage, but, like, actual highlights of goalies, like, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, that, that's going to help you a little bit because you can whole, steal from everybody. Well, yeah, and that's just the beauty of everyone having a camera in their hands, right? I mean, he could you could be watching a video that Joe Schmo took just because he was behind the glass at the game, you know what yeah. I mean? That could be what you're watching. Yeah. Um, but what I want to touch on right quick was you said you, you work with the goalie coaches and you're doing goalie practice. I just want you to paint a picture a little bit of what like a, a session of that would be. Like, what would you do? I know there's like crease work and skating and stuff, but there's a lot of times where goalies just go out with the coach. So what kind of stuff are you guys doing out there? Um, well, I, after every season, I try to identify what I can work on. Mm-hmm. Um, so between that, we all – you know, I talk to St. Louis, St. Louis talks to my goalie guys here, and then we all figure out a plan for the summer. Um, and, you know, then it's you get out there and you execute every day. You know, you go, you got to bring your focus, number one. Um, for sure. Every time you're on the ice, you know, with, with whoever. Mm-hmm. You got to be uh, always focused. Have some fun with it, obviously, but always focused. And then, um, you know, from there, it just, uh, you know, you start with footwork. And, um, you know, I can do hours and hours of footwork before I even see a puck. Um, so, it, it, you know, as long as – I, I like try to make everything as perfect as possible mm-hmm. and um, I try to learn, learn as much as possible too. So, um, so I do that. And then once I feel, you know, I'm ready, then I start adding a shot, adding different options, um, you know, different reads, different plays, game and scenarios, and stuff exactly like that. a lot of game scenario stuff. Um, you know, a couple of drills that, that are, that are almost impossible for the goalie, goalie to, you know, make every single save, try to, try to get a little battle into it. So there's like a lot that. of stuff, you know, you bring into it. I like that visual. You saying things that are almost impossible. It's like, you know, when the boys come down, when you're warming up, they're doing two on O's and they do a backdoor pass. Obviously you're not going to save it. Right. So when you're in those scenarios, I guess if you can work on them and you fail all these times, that one time 
that you actually pull it off makes it all, all that work worth it, right? Exactly, yeah. You know, you might make one of those saves a year, so. Yeah, and then you you're know. on the highlight reel, though. Exactly. <laughs> no, it could be a game saver, it could be anything, so, you know. For sure. What's the uh, NHL culture like, more specifically St. Louis Blues culture? Like, obviously, they're doing something right in the Stanley Cup final. What do you think was the biggest difference from, you know, junior to being a professional hockey player? Um, the way everyone prepares every day, you know, the, the effort they put into their rank, they're always ready. They're always focused. They're always warming up, cooling down. Yeah. Um, you know, in junior you have, you know, you have the guys who are pretty serious about it and the guys who don't really care. Yeah. So, um, everyone that's there cares. Exactly. Everyone that's there cares. It's their job. It's yeah. what, how they make money. It's how they live. They support mm-hmm. their families. So, um, you know, for me, I played in all three leagues this year. So I started off in the coast. And the coast was even a big step up from junior, you know, the way people prepare. And really? then, you go to the a- men. You go, then you go to the AHL and you're like, holy crap, like the AHL <laughs> is like the next, like it's pretty much the closest thing to NHL. Well, give me an example of like you were like, holy crap, from the East Coast to the AHL. Like what's the one thing that you're like, wow, okay, this is a step up. Just how like crisp the practices were, um, you know, everything was tape to tape. Not many people were missing passes. Everything was, you know, a pretty good shot. Every, you know, they, they, um, they definitely care more about the goalies and the way they warm up in the AHL and then on toward the NHL. Yeah. Like you get a lot more long shots. It's more, you know, pads and exactly like where the coast is, you know, you walk into the <laughs> slot and oh, there's a corner bing, but, um, <laughs> you know, the AHL was, it was my first time there. It was pretty, you know, it was just a little bit of eye opening experience. And then, um, you know, when in December I got to go up to uh, St. Louis for a week and, and yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, well, that was just something else, you know, being around, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko, um, Jake Allen, all those guys, you just see how they, they prepare and how, um, you know, they're always in the gym. They're always working hard on the ice. I remember um, we finished practice. We did like a 30-minute optional practice. Everybody's out there. And then um, I ended up staying on the ice with Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Maroon for almost, you know, 45, 50 minutes after practice, just doing stuff they wanted wow. to do and what they want to work on. So. Um, that's cool. The that's great players, yeah. The great players really know how to how to bring it. It's funny how what he the the players that he mentioned, the best players on the team, are staying out forty five minutes after and working. Best players, best players. That's best exactly players. why they. That's how they become the best players, right? Is, is it to the point where like you know when you're doing the optional practice and then they want to do extra work, do they almost force you to stay out or do they kind of give you the option? I mean, I'm sure I can get off, but right. you know, you don't want to get off in that situation. You <laughs> yeah. want to be out there until you're the last person off. You Even know, if they score every exactly. shot. They're like, I'll clean the ice. Give yeah. me the Zamboni. I'll stay here yeah. forever. Well, Tarasenko wanted to take 10 shots. So I asked him if I want, if you wanted to go, he said, sure, 10 goals right from the slot. I was like, yep, here we go. <laughs> Ready to nice. go, guys. There's one of those impossible scenarios. Yeah, exactly. For you. <laughs> I'm working on it. So what do you do after practice and things like that? When you're up there with a new team, it's obviously a new environment for everybody that gets to go to the NHL. Obviously, you're a sponge looking at everybody, just trying to take it all in. What do you do like after practice, like dinner? Where do you go back to the hotel? Yeah, you know, I was um, I didn't have a car when I was in St. Louis, so I was uh, I was Ubering back to the hotel, or one of the guys would drop me off. Um, you know, my girlfriend was actually down visiting at the time. We we're I was supposed to be in, I was she flew into Tulsa. And then I got called up when she flew in. <laughs> so she drove my car down to the San Antonio. And then so I was in San Antonio for a week and a yeah. half. And then got called to St. Louis. So I had to book her a flight to St. Louis because, you know, she still had another two weeks left on her little trip down. So, um, you know, I got to go back with her a bit, enjoy it. Um, you know, we got the New Year's Eve. Actually, I was there for New Year's Eve. Yeah. So I got to go out to dinner with all the guys at this really fancy restaurant. Oh, and did, then, you have, did you have to pay? No, no. Did you, no who paid no. for the bill? It, it, no, it was already uh, taken. It was care already of taken. When care. I did got you get there, to take your, your girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the wives wow. and girlfriends were invited, and then um, sweet. 
you know, a handful of us went out after to celebrate New Year. So it was, it was pretty cool, just the whole experience. That's a good time of year to be up there too, Christmas. Like the team's already well established. You're, you're either in a roll or you're in a funk. Obviously. Oh, wait, what was St. Louis at Christmas? They were last. Yeah, yeah they, when, last. I got, when I got wow. called up, they were dead last. Wow. And then when I got sent down, they jumped up, so... we'll leave that one there no 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 so what's the culture in the room like obviously they're doing well like i guess i just asked that question what was binnington like obviously you've passed by him in in the past couple of years he's uh he's a very confident guy yeah Um, he's been he's been really nice to me um in the past from my first training camp all the way to this year you know um he's definitely you know i i I got this. I was lucky enough. I was in his group a few times. It was me, him, and uh, I believe Alan. Yeah. So I got to I got to share the net with him a bit and just you know learn from him. Um, he definitely hasn't has had the easiest route to the NHL. No one does. But um, most, most people don't. don't. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but he's uh he's really ran with this opportunity here and um, mm. you know I could I saw it last year in training camp. He looked really good and even this year he was pretty, he was solid. I don't think he had the game he wanted to have. Um, he he went in for the third period. I think he let in a couple of goals, and yeah. then um, the next day or the day later, he got sent down. But um, you know, he he uh, he really he really showed in the AHL this year how he, he didn't belong. And you know, you look what he's doing now, and it's just something special. And um, you know, I'm definitely proud of what he's done. It's pretty cool, and it's you know something that I can um, try to try to go with in the future for something myself. Something you can see, right? Like you know when. It- because like I said just a couple seconds ago, it's, it always seems to be, I'm not saying there's not players and forwards and defensemen that don't take hard routes, but it always just seems like the goalies are either like late bloomers or they just, you know, that team has their goalie established or just way less roster spots. Yeah. So it seems like the goalie route is just a little more stressful and a little more up and down. Now you said he got, Bennington got sent down and was that when you got called up? Yeah. So um, when cool. out, of, out of training <laughs> yeah. camp, we both got sent down at the same time, right. San Antonio. And then... Um, so he was up in St. Louis. He wasn't playing that much. He was up there probably for two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Got sent down to play a couple of games in San Antonio. So I went up to, to fill his backup spot. <laughs> and, um, you know, I knew it was a set date. I was going up there for about a week. Right. And um, then uh, he got called back up. I think he started the next game later maybe and had the shutout in Philly. And he had a couple. And went from there. It's kind of like that that Matt Murray scenario, you know what I mean? Like the goalie's in the system, he's projected to be a good prospect. You give him the opportunity, and then bam, they just run with it. You know what I mean? That's what I said in the intro here. I was talking about Binnington tonight, if he's going to crumble under the pressure. And I kind of thought yes, but then I thought, you know, if there's guys like Murray out there that are at the age of 25, 24, winning two Stanley Cups, why can't Binnington? You You're know, in the zone now. There's no yeah. unlocking it, right? If you if you called him right now, do you think he'd pick up? No chance. Why? Yeah, you might. <laughs> no. He'd be like, oh, this guy not needs today. to know. Not today. No, not today. Not today. Not game seven. It'd be the last day I'd call him. <laughs> <laughs> just you just know not to. Right? Yeah. I bet his parents aren't even calling him. You stay away from him. You don't even talk to anybody during this time. Well, goalies are a weird bunch too, right? Oh, exactly. yeah. What's your weird thing? I mean, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of chilled out from, from my junior. I was, my first year junior, I was really superstitious. and really, really, Yeah, really yeah. quiet, really, you know, trying to focus. Like always, you know. Then as, as my career went along, I realized there's no point in doing all that. It's not going to make a difference. Yeah. And now I'm just at the point now I'm just pretty relaxed. Uh, you know, I'm not the most vocal guy on game day, but, you know, I'm not afraid to talk either. Cool. Um, I definitely, you know, I definitely just relax and I just hang out, chill, go with it. Hoyle said, or do you have something? I was just going to ask him what some of your superstitions would be if you could remember them back then. Oh, I wouldn't talk to anybody. I'd, you know, do a bunch of weird, quirky <laughs> stuff, you know, and now it's just, you know, I kind of just go with the flow and, you know, ride the wave a little bit because, yeah. you know, you go out there and. 
you know, the puck could take a weird bouncing snows in the back of the net. So you, you blame just, it on your superstition exact, all of a sudden. Then exactly. Control you mess your something game. up and then you I just, see. Exactly. So I feel you. You just go with it, you know, and just battle through everything. Hoyle said I had to ask you about your 16 year old year in Shearbrook and some stories you have. You got to give <laughs> oh, us that's one right, or two. Oh, that's right, because Hoyle's was there. Yeah, oh, Hoyle's was there. <laughs> I was actually thinking about Hoyle's today when I was on my way here. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's see. Hoyle stories. Just I'm, even like team stories, just like something that happened when you were 16 there. You well, said there was a couple. Yeah, our team was, it was interesting. It was, you know, <laughs> it was, there's four or five of us English guys. It was me, myself, Hoyles, Chase Harwell, Cameron Darcy was another 20 year old and Trevor Stacy. Okay. And uh, Hoyles and Stacy lived together. And, um, you know, you, anyone who knows those guys, you know, they know <laughs> what they're like. And um, I know, I know. Yeah, there we go. So, um you know, we definitely had some good times and I was, you know, I was very fortunate to have Hoyles as one of my 20 year olds. Yeah. You know, he was definitely, you know, I thought he hated me at times. <laughs> um, you know, he gave me such a hard time, you know, he, he bullied me so much, but he made me grow up so much in that short span of, you know, span yeah. of time I was there. It was, if I didn't have him, I don't know what it'd be like today, you know, just, yeah, you need those guys. Exactly. You know, he might not be the best role model for everybody, but you just know what he's you know, the way he handled everything with me, it was just, it was, it was special. And, um, you know, there wasn't one day he gave me the easy route off, you know, you want that at 16 though. Oh yeah. You need, you need one of those hard guys just always down here. Cause you, you don't want to feel entitled. You know, you're 16, you feel like you're a hot shot, all yeah. this stuff. And mm-hmm. you have him to bring you right back down to earth. And it was, it was good for me, you know, and especially him being like, not the top dog on the team. You know what I mean? Like not the top player or anything like that. But what I was going to say was, in, I find in the hockey culture specifically, that tough love is what is how the players and teammates show like respect for the other person. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's tough to take, and I'm I'm guilty of giving it a lot, or I was too. But that's just like for some reason that's just how it is. You know what I mean? The tougher yeah. they are on you, the more they like you for some reason, right? Yeah. Obviously, there's that line you can cross, and you know for sure that he's just being disrespectful. But I just want to touch on that because I know that's the type of guy that Hoyles is. I always liked that in a coach for me. Perfect preferably i always loved a coach that never gave you a night off if you had a bad shift he'd sit you i've always liked that Heinem mm. was a perfect example of that in the mem cup yeah and whenever he had a bad shift he'd get sat and then he'd come out and you respond I, I don't know I, i've always liked that you got to know you your know, player though yeah too, right especially these days well, i think that's a good thing some guys tick on uh, like that and some guys crumble like that yeah. right you gotta know um is there anyone in your career that you know everyone i think everyone every hockey player has that one person that really made you step up a level and turn you into a better goalie. Can you think of anyone on the top of your head that you can really thank for, for turning you into a second round draft pick of the St. Louis blues? Um, yeah, you know, I, you know, obviously my goalie coaches here, they, yeah. they helped develop me all this stuff. But at the time, um, JF LeBay, he was my goalie coach, my 16 year old year and 17 year old year in Sherbrooke. Yeah. And, um, he was, uh, he was one of those coaches. He was extremely hard on me, yeah. but when I played well, he you know he'd acknowledge it. So you know every game, every day, there was something I need to work on. I did something wrong, and you just step it up. Blah blah blah. You know I'm playing bad. Yeah. But he always found a way to push me, and you know I'm 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 very thankful for having him at 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 that age. You know, 16, 17, and going into my draft year. Mm-hmm. It's a big um, year. Yeah. You know he really really helped me, and along with uh, my GM actually who drafted me in Sherbrooke, Patrick Charbonneau. Okay. Um. He got fired halfway through my 17-year-old year, but he he believed me from the start, which was which was key. You know, taking a goalie at fourth overall is never you know a safe bet in the mm. queue. You went fourth overall yeah. last round, buddy. Yeah, Dude, Jesus. Exactly. So that was that was <laughs> that's never, a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't expecting it, and then that happened, and 
you know, he definitely took a gamble, especially seeing Pierre-Luc Dubois went fifth behind. And, you know, he's in the NHL right now. You know, every wow. he's a regular. So it was... It's got to be cool looking back at that. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was, it's it's cool, but at the same time, you know, it's him putting a lot of confidence in me. And, um, cool. you know, I'm very thankful for that. Do you find that the... You said he believed in you. Do you find that that's a key component to success is someone believing in you at the right time? Yeah, I think so, you know. Um, yeah, if timing you is everything. If, yeah. yeah, if you don't have someone believing in you and, and um, you know, pushing you to be your best, then it's it's going to be it's gonna be tough unless you really have that inner drive. Right. And, um, you know, I always want to be the best at what I can do, and, you know, that's, that's, that's what I want. But, um, you know, there's other guys. Like, I'll use my brother as an example. He's kind of – he's pretty laid back. Yeah. He's a very late bloomer, you know. He played double-A Bantam his first year, played triple-A the next year, and got cut from midget triple-A. They couldn't get another – somehow they ended up with only one goalie on the team. You know, I texted my mom, like, you should text the coach, you know, just to see, like, if they have another goalie. And then they gave Lucas another shot. My brother's name's Lucas. And um, now from there, you know, he was a second-round pick to Quebec, got traded before he even got to training camp there to Schoenigan, played in Schoenigan all 17-year-old year. Then half the season this year, then got traded to Bay Camo and had very good stats in Bay Camo. So. so he's in the queue right now. Yeah, he's in the queue right now. He's an 18-year-old. In Bakemo. That's unreal. Dudes, we got to start doing our research, man. I did or research. I that just didn't come up. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Good for him, man. It's, you guys got some good goalie blood in oh, there. Exactly. Is he back in Sackville right now? Yeah, yeah. We're training together now oh, at the gym. Oh, Cool. Yeah, what's, we have our first skate tomorrow. What's the age difference? Uh, two and a half years. Two and a half years. Okay, so you guys are still, you know, basically right there. Do you guys right? have that brotherly love together? Like, you're always pushing each other? Yeah, you know, I'm... I'm I definitely meet. I push him a lot. Yeah. I want you know. I, if I see him slacking, I'll let him know. If I see you know you need that, he's doing well, I'll tell him good job. You know, it's just you know he definitely. Sometimes he thinks I might not like him, but you know I'm always pushing him. I always want him to be his best. So it sounds like Hoyle's when you exactly. towards you. It's exactly. easier to believe yeah. in exactly somebody like who's yeah. done it though. You know what I mean? Like if you if you you went through it and you you know what you're talking about because you're experiencing it, right? So when you're looking up to somebody or you're talking to somebody or taking advice, it's much easier to go okay. That's legit because I, he's doing it or he's living it or he's already lived it. You know what I mean? If you yes. didn't do anything and you were just training with your brother to be a goalie, he'd be like, well, why is he so hard on me? He doesn't know. You know? Yeah, exactly. What's the group over there like at Pro Edge? It seems like you got a hell of a resume they got over there with the guys you're training with. Yeah. Talk about uh, the environment in there, like training with some of the best it, hockey players, if not the best hockey players in the Maritimes. Yeah, it's extremely competitive. I love um, I love hearing that. Exactly. I love hearing that. It's it's uh, you know the two greens are there, um, Hynum, Sean Miller, Drake Batherson, Brendan Sonye. You know, the list goes on and on. It's it's a, it's it's a very very good group. And um, you know, you see, say Luke sets a you know sets of times. Everyone's trying to beat it, yeah. and then so on. You know, we all we all want to be the best out of at best there, and you know we want to be best in life. So yeah, it's um. It's crazy, you know, just just uh, how fortunate we all are to have such a good group. So, um, you know, there's definitely guys out there training, or they're the top dog at their gym. They're, you know, they're not really pushing themselves as much as they could, and you know, they're, you know, everyone's ex like pushing themselves to be the best. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's always, you know, it's always a competition every day. What are some things that you like to mix up when it comes to the training? Like obviously going to the gym every day, it's all right, but I see sometimes you guys go to the beach or sometimes you guys will you'll do something different. What's your favorite thing to do like outside, outside of the gym. the gym for training? I like the beach. Do you? The oh, beach yeah. is fun, you know. You you shirt off, get the tan exactly. going. Exactly, shirt off, yeah. try to burn a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hard to think of it. What did you say work. 64 sunscreen on? 65. 65, there sorry, 65. Yeah, that's how you stay safe. But no. Um, <laughs> You know, I like the beach, you know, you get, you, you know, you do our workout. It's tough, you know, running in the sand, doing whatever in the mm -hmm. sand, 
and then after you get to cool off in the water, which is, you know, nice and have a little beach day out of it. Yeah. Um, so that's probably, you know, the coolest thing. We do a lot of track and field too, a little bit. Yeah. And, um, you go to like SMU or something? No, we'll just go to the one in Sackville there, uh, Metropolitan. Oh, yeah. Right yeah, up yeah. by the arena there. Yeah. We used to have to run laps around it. Oh, that's where our junior high, that was our the other place, yeah. Field day, whatever. Yeah. 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 Anyway. And then we'll go to uh, Siddle Hill every now and then too. Ugh. That's my that's my least favorite. I think that's everyone's least I'm, favorite. I'm not a runner, so. Put no. me on a bike, I'm good. Start running. Oh. <laughs> You're a biker? Guy. Oh, yeah. Huge yeah. biker. St- Sid trains at the on Citadel. Sid and uh, Nate. They're always running up there. Yeah, probably those guys run that place. Yeah. Well, they run the city. Um, oh, yeah. I was supposed to ask you. Dobson said you let a bunch of goals in a practice, so you knew that question was coming. What's <laughs> yeah. he talking about? I don't know, honestly, because <laughs> from, from what I can recall... You know, he might score once every 15 shots. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so, bad blood. Um, you know, I mean, he was my roommate on the road when I was in Bathurst. Uh, What's he know, like as a roommate? He's a great kid. Yeah. Um, you know, he's very focused, very, very driven, you know, um, extremely confident. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to, to voice, voice, you know, how he feels about himself sometimes. But, you know, he's a great kid. Um, you know, I love him. He's, 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 a, he's a special player for sure. But uh, yeah, he must be—he must be forgetting some stuff. He needs to come on, I guess, and defend himself because <laughs> he does have to come on. I don't—I don't, I don't recall him scoring that we often. We need him to elaborate on that. Yeah, exactly. What, what do you think was going through his head while the whole city of Halifax was booing him all Memorial Cup? He what do you—what do you think he was thinking? He loved it. Did that, he? That's what he'd thrive off of. He—he uh, he definitely just soaked it in and thought everyone was cheering in the end. He, he loved it, you know. <laughs> it's a, t- a certain type of guy, though, to be able to take an entire city booing him. And like it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Because if you notice, he still played 40 minutes. He still was dominant yeah. on the ice. It's not like it affected his play at all. You, People you, just thought it was going to. You know you're good when you when you can take all those boos and just and really just turn it on. That's unreal. you got to be a certain type of player. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I wanted to backtrack a little bit on you um, to when I read something today about um, your mom and you moving here from St. John's as per, I don't know if it was a request or something that I think that is, is his name Will Bray. Is that the guy from Newfoundland who is like his claim to fame as all the NHL guys? Is that uh, a guy? I'm trying to think. There's a, a, there's a Wally ago. Bray. Wally Bray, there that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. he was my, uh, when I was younger, he was my like spring hockey coach. Okay. And um, he really pushed me um, at that young age. You know, I was doing sessions with my age group, then he'd let me go out with the age group above. <laughs> so that was that was nice to have. You know, I was on the ice, you know, three hours a day, which, oh, you know, that's a lot when you look back at it, but... Um, you know, I was just, you know, I was fortunate for that. And then, so when I was Bantam age, I played my first year Bantam in Newfoundland and, uh, you know, I knew I either had to try to play midget as an underager or move away to try to get, try to, um, you know, get seen more. Same thing with Hoyles did. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my second year Bantam, uh, or during my first year Bantam, I should say, uh, coach here, he used to coach at Newbridge, Patty Flynn. Yeah, I know Patty. Um, yeah, so he sent me a message on Facebook, and um, you know, he pretty much just said, like, do you want to play better hockey? And you know, my I was you know twelve when I was like thirteen years old. Yeah. I mentioned back, of course, like, yeah, I want to play better. You know, he's like, what are your goals? I'm like, well, you know, I want to I want to get drafted at the Q, and at the time, I wanted to play for the All State All Canadians. He's like, well, I can make that happen if you come up here. So you know, I told my mom about it, and she said, no, not a chance. Then he called her. And uh, within one phone call, and like you know, me and my mom are on the ferry over here, and my dad and my brother are still in Newfoundland there. So we had a little basement apartment in Sackville, just me and her. And she had to, she, you know, she quit her job back home and wow. got a new job up here. You know, she didn't know if she was going to get one right away. She might have, to, she was thinking about going to work at Costco at one point, and she's yeah. a respiratory therapist. So, um, oh, big difference, exactly. So, yeah, um, 
you know, she, she was lucky enough to get a job pretty quick. And, um, you know, I'd have to walk to the rink, Sackville Stadium or Sackville Arena, or, you know, someone would have to come pick me up and drive me to games and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, I'm very, very, very thankful for what, you know, my family's done for myself and even my brother when he moved up here, you know, they give us a, a better chance at, at making it um, just by moving, you know, that distance. And, and, um, we'll talk about the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. For your kid, you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. Like, Completely just question mark, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, people, pack your shit. And, yeah, people would call, you know, them crazy. Like, I'll never make it. I'm from Newfoundland, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, they're never going to make it in hockey, stuff like that. And then even my own family was saying it to my parents. And then, uh, really, you know, here I am, you know, and I'm my first year pro. My brother's been in the queue now the last two years. So, um, you know, it's special. And I think I I read in the article as well that your dad and your brother, you guys didn't, obviously you've seen each other, but they didn't get here until like a year later or something like that. Yeah. So they came up the following summer. I moved up in 2012. They moved up in 2013. That's gotta be tough. Cause as a kid, you know what I mean? That's your, you know, your parents are your, your go-tos, right? I mean, for stuff like that, for hockey, for getting everywhere. And when you separate, I mean, as much as you might not remember how it, felt but that, that's crazy man like i i had i had chills reading the story just because that's a, a crazy sacrifice exactly you know i'm just like i said i'm just thankful for mm-hmm. for everything they've done for me you know i can't ask any more than you know what they have so every yeah. chance i have a ch- every time i have a chance to give back to them i do no matter no matter what it is it's gonna be a little extra yeah. drive so i was gonna say just, when you know exact same thing mm-hmm. when you're in the gym when you're trying yeah. to push to be better you just think about that probably you know that ferry ride over to the mainland you know, yeah, it's you know, the big sacrifice. Yeah, you want to be, you know, that makes you want to be successful because you feel like it, it doesn't add extra pressure, but like you don't want to let them down for, yeah. you know, what they've done for you. So, so did your dad or mom play hockey at all or no, anybody um, in your family? My, my uncle played a little bit of hockey, you know, back in, back in Newfoundland, but you know, never at, at the highest it? level. So, um, you know, it was just, actually, he's the one who got us into hockey. My, my parents weren't going to put us into hockey. There's always and, somebody. Exactly. And they said, Oh, you should let him try it out. So I started like a year late. I was in kindergarten, grade one, maybe. You always, were you always a goalie from the get go? No, I started, I had had to learn how to skate first before I was allowed to be in a goalie. Then I had to play my first year in novice as a forward or defense, whatever I wanted to be before they'd even let me go in net. But I always wanted to be a goalie. So why do you always want to be goalie? Where did that come from? I wouldn't leave a defensive zone. I try to lay down, block shots. Like I'm, in, I'm like what, five, six years old, rolling around the ice trying to block shots. So I think my parents just got, got, got sick of it, being embarrassed. You know, I wouldn't play down the other end to be four on five. I'd be chilling, but next to the goalie, like, you know, picking his brain. Exactly. So uh, they got me my first set of gear, That's and, and from there, you know, I, I loved every second of it. That's got, a funny story. You do have to love it for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. To be you the, have to the love guy it. that you know willingly takes those pucks and yeah. is the last line of D and stuff. I don't need to remind you of any of that stuff. <laughs> so what's the feeling that goes through your body uh, when you're drafted second overall by the St. Louis Blues? You get up on that stage. Did you shake Gary Bettman's hand, all that stuff? No, no, I was second round. Second round. That's yeah. what I said, second round. You said oh. second overall. Sorry, second round. Yeah, second yeah. round. My head's spinning here. It's hot. <laughs> Dehydrated. Yeah. Uh, what's that feeling going up on the stage, shaking hands, and knowing that you're going to you know an organization like that? Yeah, you know, well, after the, so the first round is the night before – and you're there, yeah. I, I know I'm not going to go in the first round. Not many goalies do. Yeah. Um. You know when you're trying to projected to go. Where were you projected to go? I was the first goalie ranked. Sixty fourth, I think. Yeah, 64th. I ended. Up, I ended up going fifty nine. So, um. You know, I. I no goalies really started going. I think Carter Hart went forty nine, maybe. Yeah. Somewhere in somewhere in that area, and then next, you know, a couple of picks later, another guy goes, and another guy, then I go like a pick later. Yeah. So four of us went in, like ten picks. Wow. So you kind of know, and then there's another goalie who went like two picks after me. 
So um, it's like the area where they get taken. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, don't want to leave them either. Right? All it takes is one guy to go, and then they all start going. <laughs> so um, yeah. So like, I kind of knew like, okay, my time's coming soon. Whether like, I had a feeling that I didn't really, I didn't think St. Louis was going to pick me. Was, they were my first interview at the combine. I was nervous. I was, you know, I want to ask you about the interview after yeah. you answer this question. Okay, yeah. So they were my first interview. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, I it went okay. I didn't think it went great, and then um. You know, I really felt like Chicago might have picked me. I had a really good interview with them, talked to them a lot throughout the year. They had three picks in the second round, like 51 to 60 or something like that. They had like three picks. Um, they ended up picking three players. Um, so then I think I had a couple of good interviews. I knew there's a few teams looking for goalies. So, you know, uh, goalies start getting picked. And I'm like, okay, like it might happen. It might happen. Then the team I had, I can't remember now which team it was right in front. And they, they picked a forward. I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to go yet. I'll probably fall to the third round. Yeah. And then um, then Marty Berdura goes on the mic and said from Sherbrooke. And I'm like, oh, that's that's me, I guess. There's no one else here. And then, um, you know, I they call me. And, and then from there, it's almost like I blacked out. You know, I hugged yeah. my mom, hugged my dad. Uh, my agent was there, shook his hand, then walked down. And then J.F. LeBay, who I mentioned earlier, was sitting down two rows in front of me. He's with the Anaheim Ducks organization now. So uh, he gave me a big hug. He's a little kid was there. He was... Yeah, he gave me a big hug and went down and shook everyone's hand. Then went around the table. And Marty Bedore was the last person standing. I shook, and he said, um, "You know, congratulations, Walker." I'm like, I was like starstruck. I'm like, I watched you growing up. Like that's like, what you said to him. Yeah, and then and then he's like, "Well, I watched you a lot this year." I was like, "Whoa, oh shit!" So that was kind of I was like starstruck. I was like, "Holy!" How sick is it that the guy that called your name is gonna go down as one of the best goalies of ever. all time? I think mm. ever he called your name and drafted you to the NHL. Well, that's, that's the point where he probably sick. blacked out. Yeah. No, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Once I, the word Sherbrooke came out, he was like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Um, you know, just getting to meet him was a privilege. What's he like as a guy? Great guy. You know, he's, you wouldn't think he's who he is. He's just, you know, so down to earth and, and, um, you know, he's always open to suggestion, like giving you suggestions, I should say, but he's also like, you can have a just normal conversation with them. You know, you see him at the rank, he walks, he strolls in, he's like, good morning. I'm like, good morning. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> he just talked to me again. Yeah. So no, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, I kind of, you never get used to being around people like that stature, you know, but at the same time, you know, you kind of, you get more comfortable. Yeah. I thought you were going to say he was going to try to convince you to join Enterprise or something no. like that. I thought he was trying to pitch Those you. commercials yeah. are funny though. Oh, they're hilarious. When he has the cups in the back and he has <laughs> yeah. the French accent going, they're hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's unreal. Um, did you have a question? <laughs> nope. I, I want to know about the, the interview process. I hear that they use, you know, they use trickery to try to trick you into saying things does your agent prep you before these meetings and what are some uh what are i guess little bits of advice that your agent would give you before going into these meetings with nhl teams yeah you know we we uh we prepped for about a month before a month you know before. like the combine you know you have all the meetings of course and then you have the the two uh, days of, of um, training at the end or uh, phys- did, fitness did, testing did yeah did you do that because i know the mem- yeah. you did do it okay, yeah 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 so um, you do all the meetings that they're pretty nerve wracking, you yeah. know, um, there's a, a lot of questions that we practice that weren't normal questions. You know, we tried to like, he tried to trick me with, you know, whatever, trying to th- sewer somebody, this, that, and, uh, San Jose, actually, I played with uh, Jeremy Waugh in Sherbrooke and he was a San Jose draft pick and he was hurt a bit and, um, he didn't play a lot my, my draft year. So they're asking me a lot of questions about him. So I'm sitting there like, okay, like, is this a Jeremy Wan interview or, you know, what's going on? <laughs> and like, you know, looking back on it, I am, um, you know, I just said, you know, he's a great guy, blah, 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 like talent, it works hard, blah, 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 you know, the typical stuff. And 
looking back on it, like that was a little bit of a trick question there in itself. You know, it's asking you about someone else and trying to see what my response would be. Why they were trying to get you to talk shit about it. Yeah, I think so. Like they're trying to like, you know, just push you down like a different, uh, you know, a road to see what you'd say. Like, okay. It's kind of like if you if you didn't like the guy, you like the guy, stuff like that. And okay. Media does that, right? It's almost like training for that. Yeah. So yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, like there's a lot of a lot of stuff like that. A lot of questions that weren't even hockey related. I know uh, there was one guy who just completely grilled me for for about 30 minutes straight, just like saying like you're bad, like you had these bad stats, this that that with uh, one, I can't remember which team it was now. And like he went in like so in five games this year, he let in a goal in the first minute. Like what happened? I'm like. So, wait, well, what did you say? Well, I, I can't even remember the time. I just kind of, you know, like, oh, well, like, you know, it happens. Like, I battle back. I'm so, a goalie. Know, I get scored on. Stuff like that, you know. It, it was, it, you know, it's tough. You know, they they want to see what, what um, mental you know, toughness. Yeah, what mental toughness you have, what you bring to the table. What kind um, of teammate you are. If exactly. You what type of teammate. They, they, know like how, they know how you play. They just want to see your personality and what type mm-hmm. of character you have. So, you're going into a business, right? You're going to be representing that team at some point. They don't want just, you know. Some dickhead, right? It is true that half of the NHL, don't get me wrong, it's the game, but the other half is the media side. If you look now at the NHL more than ever, everything's behind the scenes. Everything's what kind of person you are. Mm-hmm. Everything is uh, you know, marketed to to sell something. It's such a it's such a business, but you know, it's a game, but it's such a business. Well what people forget to realize is they're yeah, they're professional athletes and that's what they're idolized as, but they're still humans. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. are still gonna make but mistakes they're not- and I agree. But that's not how they portray it, right? I get what you're saying. Like People look up to you just as a almost not human, just yeah. like as, yeah. as an idol. Think Superhero. about it. Hockey fans, not hockey fans, just sport fans in general. They look at these people, professional athletes, as just idols. That's yeah. what I, I read. I think somebody said that on Twitter because it was in reference to when, when KD went down mm. and everyone cheered. So that's some guy said that, you know, people have to remember, like they're, they're idolized as superheroes and yeah. athletes, not as humans. Right. I that's, said that in the intro when they booed, like the first thing you're going to do is, uh, if you're a Toronto fan is you're obviously going to be happy because the best player on the other team went down. It's way, your reaction to go. Yes. Well, I look at it is I, I just assumed that everyone thought it was the injury that he had originally yeah. and he tried to battle through to come back for So Then you're cheering. Cause like, why would you come back? Yeah. But then it was something different. You a basketball fan? I am, yeah. I, I've watched a lot of the Raptors, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pretty cool what they're doing. And, you know, it's funny how, you know, the whole, you know, every, everyone portrays Canada as, you know, a hockey place, hockey country. For sure. But, um, you know, all of Canada is behind them. You know, Toronto's about to explode. Yeah. You know, if they, you know, mm-hmm. they win, they're, it's, it's going to be, you know, party there for a few days. You, you go downtown Halifax, you see the... Roger Square. Exactly. Yeah, that's insane. That's crazy. There's I walked... 10,000 people. Exactly. I walked by it the other night. I was like, holy... Yeah. I'm not going in there. Too many people for me. But. <laughs> 50 Jurassic yeah. Parks over the in yeah. North America. Is that what it is? 50. It's crazy. Think about that. Well, so should we talk about who we think is going to win, or do you guys just are too superstitious? You don't want to jinx it. I'm superstitious. He said he wasn't anymore. Okay, yeah. so who do you think is going to win? I hope Toronto. Well, you, no, you say you hope, but you got to say who do you think is going to win? I hope I, Toronto wins, too. I think, I think they're going to win. Do you? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to come back from 3-1 no matter who you are. I mean, it's only been done once, and it was by Golden State. Exactly. They still have two so, games left, too, right? Yeah, like, yeah. they're still up one, whereas that, that Game seven's that extra added yeah. pressure, right? If it goes to Game 7, I'm not sure what's going to happen. But if they win, if they win Game 6, it's, it's, over. it's over. Well, you know better Obviously, than anybody, yeah. and that one-game deal could go anyway, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. Who do you think? I think Toronto's just – I think they're going to win. I just – I'm not a big basketball fan. I don't know much about it. However, I've watched pretty much – the whole final or bits and pieces of it and man i love it i'm going to continue to watch but i think toronto's going to win based on what i've seen i agree with you is that they have to win game six in order to win game seven i would change my answer maybe to golden state yeah for I sure just, I, I more just, game seven experience 
Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, so let's <laughs> – I was going to ask who do you think is going to win game seven, but obviously you have a biased opinion, so like, we can't ask you. Who do you think is going to win? I think St. Louis is going to win. Do you? Yep. I'm cheering for my man Bozak. Don't punch me, but I think Boston's going to win, man. I don't know. I just – I think – That's <laughs> fine. I don't know. Just in Boston, and I think Marchand, Bergeron, and uh, Pasternak, they haven't had a good series, and I think this is this, the game that they're just going to kind of come out and just – I just think Biddington's going to have his uh, bounce back. His first, his first little bit of the season where he started to shine. I think he's going to get that back because I think I just see it when he interviews and stuff. You can see him, man. He's competitive. He's he wants to talk about, you know, how they're going to succeed, not what they didn't do and stuff like that, right? Like he's just yeah. a gamer, man. He's already tried to get in a couple fights, that kind of stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, you look at Boston. I mean, they have so much experience. Game sevens, mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. And then you look at St. Louis, their whole story in playoffs are winning on the road this year. So, I mean, I, like, it's going to be a one-goal game no matter what happens, I think, tonight. I agree with that, the one-goal game. Yeah. It would be a great story coming from last place in, yeah. uh, in the West, coming all the way back and just winning the yeah. Stanley Cup. It's a Vegas-esque story from last year. Yeah. You know, not an expansion yeah. team, but still, when you're dead last in the NHL, which means they have won the most since the All-Star break, more than any other team in the league. In order to get where they were. Yeah. What do you think the key to that was? You're the guy that's been closest to the organization out of all three of us. What do you think the key to that run was? I mean, they're all, you know, when I was there, everyone was pretty close, you know, and yeah. they're all, you know, they're all seemed like great friends, you know, great teammates. And I think it was just a matter of clicking on the ice. Yeah. And, you know, they all bought in, you know, Berube, Berube <laughs> was there and I was, uh, he was my coach in uh, Traverse City, the little rookie camp that St. Louis, that yeah. St. Louis is a part of um, a couple of years back. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's a great coach. He coaches Chicago to, a, to I think, the conference finals when his first year in the AHL. And, um, you know, he's all, he has experience in the NHL. And he's just the type of guy that, that will push you, you know. He, yeah. um, he's, uh, he's, he's a little bit old school in that way. But, you know, he, um, he gets the best <laughs> out of everybody. So, yeah. you know, I think he brought everyone together in a way that, brings everyone's best out to play together o'reilly's a guy that fascinates me on that team he was great in uh colorado is where i really discovered where what type of player he was and when he came to st louis he was already in my opinion i think the guy's an all-star man he's an all-around great player mm -hmm. he's yeah. a great player what did you see oh he's not the captain of the team is he an a does he have a, C, a letter he, on him i don't think because he was late i don't think so but did was is he, he a leader in the room he's definitely yeah he's yeah. a leader on off the ice um you know he was He's one of the nice, like nicest guys to me when I was there. He, he, um, you know, he's the hardest. He's definitely the hardest worker, I think. Um, Unconventional. From, that's too. my, in my yeah. opinion, he's the hardest worker on that team. Yeah. He, uh, he wants it. He works hard every day. He's a great guy on and off the ice. You know, you see, I seen this thing on Twitter yesterday. He bought. He was in Boston at a local. He's a. He likes to play guitar. He bought a kid a guitar. He was like having a little jam sesh with him, and no ended up buying him a, a guitar. So like, he's just that type of guy. You know, he has that personality. Um, you know, just he's super down to earth and and uh, you know he's obviously an unbelievable player. Awesome. He's been stepping his game up. I find the the bigger the stakes, the better he plays. Well, that's it's just like that with every player. Did you ever get a up close look that's at his curve or ask him about it? Yeah, you know, I, he, we did a lot of wraparound drills, and he get the puck yeah? up pretty. You know, he or a little step outs around the net, and yeah. he gets a puck up quick. Do you, you think know, it's because of that little tip at the end of the oh, curve there? I, I, for sure, you know, it, it gets up quick. You know, that's that's his whole game around the net. So um, I want to ask you something then. Is it does Would he do that himself, or could he get that custom made any way he wanted? No, he definitely got it custom okay, made. Okay, cool. Yeah, there's, so there's, I picture yeah. him doing, like, the mini sticks over the yeah, stove, you know no, what I mean, rigging up his blades. There's no way he did that for him. I mean, I, I want to know how he came up with it. Like that, yeah. That'd be a cool story to see, but... Um, 
you know, he definitely gets that done from whichever company he uses. That's, that's, that's unreal. Can you talk about the level of care, the difference between the AHL and the NHL when it comes to the equipment managers and things like that? Obviously, you can get anything custom made in the NHL. Maybe you can talk about some of like, the weirder things you saw at the NHL level. Yeah, you know, like in the AHL, like they're they're good to you. You know, they give yeah. you what you need. You know, you have all the essentials. You need a new stick, you get a new stick. Um, then you go to the NHL, and it's literally, you know, four pairs of gloves, gloves in your stall. You get whatever you want. You just like in the AHL, you know, East Coast, you have to ask for a new stick. And uh, there's a stick room. You go in there, you grab what you want, you take it out, you start taping it. So you ask so, for it, you get it, but it's just not exactly. there for you. And then the reps are always around, like the CCM rep, the Bauer rep, whoever you want, you need is always, you know, on speed dial or close. And then, you know, um, I'm pretty cl- I got pretty close with the, the head trainer or head uh, equipment guy in, in San Antonio, or in St. Louis, sorry, um, when I had for the couple last couple of years. Yeah. And, um, he's, you know, he's so good at his job and, and he has so much respect from all the players. It's, it's, um, it's one of those things where you respect them, they respect you, you be nice to them, they give you what you need. Yeah. So as long as you don't, for a player, as long as you're a good guy, yeah. this is at any level, as long as you're a good guy, you'll get what you need. It's not even if sports. If only society exactly. worked like that. Yeah, if only. <laughs> you know? Um, you said in the AHL you need to ask for a stick. In the NHL, do they just realize that all your sticks are coming down to a short stock and they just reorder them oh, for yeah. you? They're, so you don't even have to you, ask. You don't, you don't run out in sticks there. There's like 40, 50, like just up in your like little cubby in the stick room. It's insane. Like I, I go up there. I have twenty four sticks. How many sticks do you have at your house right now? I have twelve. That's oh. exactly weird goalie, right? Twelve. If you <laughs> wanted to bring home more, could you? I'm sure I can get some if I needed to. Like right now. Uh, yeah. Like if I was down to my last couple of sticks, I can pretty much call. If I wanted to, I can call Bauer directly and, and get them to send sticks, or then ask someone might ask my agent who would call whoever and get me some sticks. So see, we need to take this advice, and the next player that we have on that shoots right. Or I guess you shoot left, and then we need to ask for our own sticks. So <laughs> you're a goalie. Yeah. I want the Ryan O'Reilly curve. I want. Uh, Seems good for spearing people. Well, he's not going to be on the podcast anytime soon, so I want no, no, the no. Uh, I want the Bowers one. I was going to ask you what your gear brand was or what your go-to one, but then you said Bower. So yeah, yeah. And have you always worn Bower, or were you? Uh, did you I, just kind of use whatever you were? That was Reebok CCM. Um, you know, I like the gear, but you know, um, it was they care about their high level guys a lot and they, they care about their junior guys a lot too. But it's, it's, um, with when I started talking to Bauer, my, my third year junior, you know, they're like, yeah, like, here's your, like, you know, whatever you need, you just let us know. We'll send it to you right away. They had a junior guy like always around the Montreal area. World so class. I had, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I tr- I'm like, okay, I'll try him out for the summer. Like, you know, send me up here. He flies down with all the gear, shows up to the rink with me and then, Gives me all the gear and said, "Here you go, let's go." He doesn't ship it through FedEx. No, he, he doesn't ship it. Like personally the, comes to you. Personally comes to the rink, and then it's badass. Exactly. From there, I'm like, <laughs> okay, like that's pretty cool right off the bat. And then I started wearing. It. I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like I mm. like it. You know, started wearing, started wearing, started wearing it. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna switch. Never since I don't regret it at all. I mean, whatever, whatever I need, they send me three sets a year, four sets a year, whatever I need, as many sticks, whatever type of curves, like whatever I want, they'll, they'll send to that's me. Insane. And it's you know, it's, I'm very special that. Or not, I'm not very special. It's very special, you know, connection I got with yeah. Bauer. It's it's cool. Um, like- you know, the everyone there are great guys. You know, from top to bottom, the NHL guy, the junior guy, yeah. you know, so on and so forth. They're they're just they're they're original man. They're exactly. OGs in the hockey. They're game, great. You know? well, I started out yeah. as Cooper, and I was gonna say I've noticed. I was always like I don't know for some reason as a kid I drew goalie gear and like I was fascinated by goalies, but I just find Bauer's pretty much <clears throat> taking over the game. You know yeah, what I mean, there was remember that CCM Reebok. Yeah, there's a, ti- there a time where not many guys wore Bauer. Yeah, they came out with their new pads, and then it kind of blew up. Now you know, I see a bunch of little kids wearing it. I see older guys, you know, 
they have uh, they have a lot of good goalies who are Bauer now in the NHL and and in all levels. So even and then overseas, everyone's Bauer for the really? most part. Yeah, like I know a lot of the Swedes are. They start off as Bauer, and then you know some will transition to CCM when they come to North America. But they were, you know, there's a lot of Bauer over there, and same with other other province or other um, countries. Sorry. Is there ever a time where, say, you are in love with the Bauer gear, but you get a sponsorship or something like that? Is there ever a time anyone random, not just you, would like keep uh, one company's gear but just cover it to make it look like they're actual gear? Do you know what I mean? I heard because- Sid does that because he has Reebok, but he also I heard he uses Bauer sticks. But they're just covered with Reebok. Yeah, that's yeah. why I heard that. I know, I I mean I don't know many people who do that. Yeah. per se. But I know a lot of guys use um, like a Bauer or for goalie to say the Bauer 2S stick. Yeah, which is like the lightest stick. But it has like like a note like the back kind of like a player stick. It's it's weird. You almost have to see a picture to get it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but guys are still like they're fans of the older sticks they have. So they have a skin, but it'd be the right. older stick. Yeah. So if you're up close, you can tell, but from a distance, you just think it's a new stick. That's so cool. Because yeah. yeah. like one thing I know about just like athletes in general is when you find something you like and something that works for you, it's hard for you to get away from it. I remember when we played Junior A, we got a sponsor for the league, so no one was allowed to use their own sticks mm-hmm. anymore. You had to use Reeboks or, or yeah. whatever, right? And people just don't like that change. Yeah. But yeah. I agree. All right, we're coming up on an hour here. Just like that. Perfect. <laughs> um, last minute's yours. I'm sure you got a lot of people to thank. If you want to thank family, friends, us, anyone, go. Uh, you go ahead there. No, nah, I, I mean I just appreciate being on. This is this is uh, you know it's pretty cool. And, Love it. You know I've I've listened in the past, so it's good. There you go. Awesome. awesome. Glad we got a fan. All right. Well, everyone listening, thank you very much for tuning in. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. Evan, thanks again once again for coming on, man. Appreciate it. We'll be watching. We'll be watching for sure. We'll be coming up and watching your games maybe. Who knows? Hopefully. All right. We're out, guys. Thank you very much. Peace.
Just 